everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we're going to ask the question of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? If someone were to ask, why do we follow Jesus? What would the answer be? Why does Christianity exist at all? If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Uh, for those of you who listen week in and week out, thank you again for joining us. As far as possible, every Tuesday we release this podcast, and the point is just to spend a couple of moments together drinking a cup of tea or coffee and just spending 15 minutes talking about something, anything, that may help us become more like Jesus. And so if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are on, and let's dive in to today's session. Now, to let you know where this thought originated, and the title, before we get too ahead of ourselves, the title is Why Jesus? Why Jesus? And to let you know where this came from, I spend time with our interns at our church every week, and we go through some content, and then there is a period where they can ask me anything they want. It's fair game. And sometimes the questions are very much left field. Sometimes they are crazy. They're always interesting. And they can bring any question they can think of, and I'll do my best to answer them uh, or make something up. Uh, no, I'm joking. Or I'll, I'll go find an answer. During one of these sessions, one of the young men asked, what is the basic understanding or thing? What is the one thing that unites all Christians? Is there a single thread that every denomination and every movement that calls itself Christian agrees on? In other words, the, the way I was thinking about it is what is the basic, the most foundational DNA that every Christian carries? What a question. What a question. As I sat there and we spoke about Christianity, it amazed me how difficult it is to come to a single thought that everyone agrees on. We don't all agree on how salvation works. As, uh, I mean, as foundational as it gets, you would think we all agree with that, and we don't. We don't all agree on how to relate to the Holy Spirit or even what he is up to. We don't all agree on how to do church. We don't all agree on worship. We don't all agree on gender roles. We don't all agree on our understanding of heaven and hell and how it's all going to go down at the end. We don't, we don't agree on so much. And as this thought pattern wound through my, my brain, I began to feel a whole bunch of things. I felt sad. I felt confused, worried even, even a little bit ashamed. That as followers of Jesus, when Jesus prayed for us, he said, may they be one. And yet there are so many things that divide us. If you are listening to this and you are not a Christian, I wouldn't blame you for right now going, ah, I knew it. In fact, I wouldn't even blame you for turning this off now, but I hope you don't. Before I go any further, I want to make sure everyone hears me on something. I am so aware that each denomination, each movement, each group of Christians has beauty and significance to it. I don't subscribe to the notion that one denomination or one group of believers has, has it all right. I have learned so much from people in different uh, streams of Christianity to myself, from Catholics, from Anglicans, Baptists, and others, even as I am in a Pentecostal church. What I'm not saying at all in this session is which churches are good versus bad. I'm not subscribing to what theologies are good and which are bad. Having said that again, what is the one thing that binds us? When there is so much we disagree on, where is the common ground? Where is that demilitarized space, that, that demilitarized zone? As I reflect on the simple yet annoying question, I've come to the point that the one thing that unites all churches, that unites all Christians, is a belief in the fact that Jesus lived, he died, and then miraculously and unexplainably, he rose from the grave. 
The event of the resurrection is so important. It is so unique that I would hope it is the one thing we all agree on. Jesus is risen. And if you come from a more traditional background, you might want to respond to that with hallelujah. What the resurrection means and its implications, again, are an area of debate. However, for you to be called a Christian, for someone to say they follow Jesus, I would argue the common ground for each life like that is a belief in the resurrection of Jesus. There it is. The one thing perhaps every follower of Jesus agrees on, Jesus rose. The grave no longer holds his body. This earth is no longer the defining factor. His flesh has been resurrected. This may sound simple enough, but think about it for a second. The one thing that unites every follower of Jesus is an event that when it happened, no one believed it. No one even thought it was possible. No one was expecting it. The thing that I agree with, with every other disciple of Jesus today, whether they are Catholic or Eastern Orthodox or Charismatic, is the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. And yet this is the exact thing that Peter and the disciples couldn't believe when the woman returned from the empty tomb. Thomas couldn't believe it until he felt the wounds of Jesus. Mary didn't believe it until Jesus appeared to her in the garden and called her by name. The disciples on the road to Emmaus didn't believe it until Jesus broke bread in front of them, revealing his wounds that he had received on the cross. The resurrection is the one thing no one was expecting. It was a thing no one could have made up. It was so revolutionary and counterintuitive that the disciples were mocked and persecuted as blasphemers and fools. If you want to read more in-depth analysis on the proof of the resurrection, I would suggest getting hold of any and all of N.T. Wright's works. He is amazing. An event so outside the realm of human imagination is now the thing that unites every follower of Jesus. And think about it this way. The, the resurrection of Jesus was so significant that the same empire that crucified him, Rome, 300 odd years later, made that religion the state religion. Something was so significant between the moment of his death and 300 years later when they made it the state religion. Something happened so much that the same empire that crucified him now made him the only state religion. The resurrection changes everything. I am a disciple of Jesus. I love him, not because of my understanding of theology or any other complex things that there might be there in there. I am not a Christian because it was the easiest option for me culturally or even in my own family. I'm not a Christian because I read through the Bible and it made sense. None of those things are the reason I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus because 2,000 years ago, something happened in a tomb. That was so incredible, it even changed our calendar. It changed which day starts our week. It was so significant, it shifted society. This single moment that every Christian, my hope is, agrees on, changed everything. His teachings were incredible. Jesus' miracles would have been astonishing to see. He was all that. He was teacher, healer. But all that wouldn't have had the lasting impact that we see without the resurrection. The resurrection changes everything. And for those of you wondering what scripture we're going to talk to, this is why Paul writes in his, in his letter to the Romans, his great theological masterpiece, he writes in Romans 10, 8 to 11. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. 
Verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Do you see what Paul has just said? He doesn't say, if you believe in the teachings of Jesus, you'll be saved. He doesn't say, if you acknowledge his miracles. He doesn't say, if you like church. He doesn't say, if you worship this way. He doesn't say, if you hold to this theological standpoint. No, no. Paul brings it down to the single idea. What do you believe about the resurrection? He, Paul says, hey, all that other stuff is important and we'll get to it. But at the most foundational principle, what do you believe about that moment when the tomb was left empty. There was a moment in history that is documented by numerous people. Some of them are included in this book called the Bible, but our faith stands on our belief about that moment, not on the integrity of the Bible. That moment is what defines us as followers of Jesus. So if Jesus left the tomb empty, as the gospels record, as a resurrected savior, and then that changed everything, the question that leaves us with today is simply, what do we believe about the resurrection? What do we believe about that moment when Jesus defeated the sin, death, and the grave? If Jesus left the tomb, empty as the gospel writers record, as a resurrected person, what do we believe? If you believe that Jesus could not be held down by death and that he is alive today in a resurrected body, then you and I agree on the most important thing in my perspective, in all of history and human experience. We might disagree on gender roles. We might disagree on interpretations of certain scriptures. We might disagree on how to do church. We might disagree on what translations to read. We might disagree on how worship should look. But if you and I can agree on the fact that Jesus lived, he died, and then miraculously and unexpectedly and unexplainably, he rose from the grave, then you and I have found that place where we can meet and be united. In other words, here's what I'm saying. When Jesus said, Father, I pray that they may be one even as we are one, might it be that the place of our unity, the place where we can come together, the place where we can all put our guns down, our accusations down, our spiritual battles, uh, all of that kind of stuff, if we can put all of that down and simply agree that Jesus is alive, then maybe the com that, that can be our starting point of looking how we can live together, how we can worship together, how we can read scripture together, how we can break bread together, how we can minister together. And so very, very simply today, very, very simply, what do you believe about the resurrection? What do you believe in your heart about that moment in history where people said the tomb was empty? Do you believe it's true? Do you believe that Jesus did do what he said he was going to do and what people said he did? Or do you believe it's all just a myth, a nice story? Because I would argue that the basis for us following Jesus is believing that he rose from the grave. God, right now, I just pray for each and every single one of us listening to this, that we would have a sure and certain hope that you changed everything when you left death behind. Thank you that scripture teaches us that you are the first fruits and that one day we will all experience a similar reality. 
that we will experience death in our rearview mirror and only your glory in front of us. And so right now, God, I pray for those who may be listening to this who have never thought about the implications of the resurrection and perhaps have never allowed its impact to change who they are and why they live. God, I pray that as even just as a short few moments together, that, re that resurrection, that moment would shift each and every single one of us, that we would rethink about who we are and why we are on this planet. God, we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Well, once again, thank you for joining us, and we will see you again at our next uh, session of Coffee with Jesus. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.